Welcome to the Startup Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nick O'Neill, and this is episode number 15. This week, I'm speaking with John Lee Dumas, the founder of Entrepreneur on Fire and Podcasters Paradise. We discussed how he grew one of the most successful business podcasts, some of the success patterns he's learned from his interviewees, and how he would approach launching a podcast today. I'm really excited to have John on, so let's get started. How's it going, John? Nick, it is going incredibly well, and I am prepared to ignite my friends. So for those that don't know you, uh, you are the founder of a very successful podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. Is that your main business? That is it. Entrepreneur on Fire LLC is my business. Entrepreneur on Fire is my podcast. And we do have a bunch of brands that do branch off from that. But uh, that's the major moneymaker. So this podcast is all about marketing for startups, especially. So what I thought would be useful is actually just to jump into how you actually grew your podcast. I took a look at your book and you mentioned how you know new and noteworthy and iTunes was one of your greatest sources of growth. What other channels have been incredibly effective for you to grow your audience? So what's been a massive source of growth for Entrepreneur on Fire is the fact that it is an interview-based show. So I get to interview today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs literally seven days a week. So my first email, Nick, every single morning is going out to that guest whose interview just went live saying, Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, Gary Vaynerchuk, your interview just went live on Entrepreneur on Fire. You rocked the mic. And I would be honored if you would share your voice, your message, your journey with your audience. And Nick, one thing that successful and aspiring entrepreneurs have in common are massive audiences. So every single day, Entrepreneur on Fire is being exposed to a massive audience that is hearing about Entrepreneur on Fire for the very first time, listening, subscribing, some of which are becoming evangelists for the podcast every single day. So a podcast that launched in the first month did a couple of thousand listens is now just two years later going to have its first 1 million download month in the month of September 2014. That is incredible. And I think you just launched a couple other podcasts, if I'm not mistaken. One was Quotes on Fire. How would you expect to approach growth in that case where some of the quotes may not come from, well, I don't know, are the quotes from people who are alive or not? I haven't actually listened to it. Many of the quotes from today's greatest entrepreneurs and yesterday's greatest entrepreneurs are no longer alive. So the Winston Churchills, Abraham Lincolns, the Mark Twains of the world maybe had large audiences back in the day, but unfortunately those people are probably deceased as well. So uh, I'm not able to reach out in the same kind of manner using quotes on fire. However, because of the success of Entrepreneur on Fire, I've now established my audience Fire Nation, which is a massive audience of podcast listeners from all over the world. And it's because of that that Quotes on Fire has grown to a podcast that actually gets between 1,500 to 2,000 listens every single day already, and it just launched. So that is strictly a result of the audience that I was able to create. But if I had started day one, Nick, with Quotes on Fire, it would have been a much more difficult growth trajectory than I had with EO Fire. Got it. So you think starting with, well, with people who are alive, those would be the best type of people to interview. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And also just sending out a message to them to say, hey, uh, you rocked it. Please share this with your audience. So that's your primary driver of growth. Absolutely. 
Awesome. So at this point, you've interviewed, I don't know how many people, almost a thousand more? 743. That's an incredible amount. And, you know, you sort of set the bar at a ridiculous level for anyone who's launching a podcast nowadays, especially if they're going to be interviewing people. You have a new one every single day? Every day of the week, 365 days of the year. So yeah, you're operating at a ridiculous level. And so from that (laughs) standpoint, though, with all these entrepreneurs that you've interviewed, has there been anything, I'm sure you've learned a ton, but what would be like one thing that has really stood out to you across those different interviewees that you've taken a lot away from? So that is one of the really cool things about interviewing so many successful and inspiring entrepreneurs is that you really start to see some incredibly similar trends that crop up over and over again as we start to discuss their journey as entrepreneurs. And Nick, one of the biggest trends that I'm seeing over and over again is that every single one of these entrepreneurs at some point made the decision that it was worth their time, it was worth their money to invest in themselves in a mentor. It was worth their effort to become an apprentice to that mentor, to go there hat in hand and say, listen, I want to be where you are. I'm willing to invest in myself to do so. I'm willing to add value to you, to your business, to your life, to make this work. And that's a really powerful step that so many successful entrepreneurs have taken, myself included, when I wanted to learn how to become a podcaster. So that is a huge thing that's just is cropping up over and over again, Nick, is people that are really willing to seek out those who are where they want to be, investing in themselves to get that person's time, energy, and experience, relationships, connections, and drive forward with them. So you said that you had a mentor. Who is that? My mentor when I first started was Jamie Tardy, who was the podcast host of a great show called The Eventual Millionaire. And she was my first ever mentor, and she really guided me through those first steps in those first really difficult months of starting a business. When I moved forward and I moved past Jamie Tardy as a mentor, I actually hired Lewis House, who has a great podcast called The School of Greatness. And he was an amazing mentor for me for six months. And that was a really great experience because he specialized in webinars, which is something that I really wanted to get into. So when I needed to learn how to podcast, I hired Jamie Tardy, a great podcaster. When I learned, wanted to learn how to do webinars in a really effective way, I hired Lewis Howes and became an apprentice of his, which really worked in a powerful way. So those were just really two mentors that have been instrumental in my life going forward. And on top of that, what I have now is actually two mentors, you could call simultaneously, but we're really part of a mastermind because we mentor each other. But we're just three highly successful entrepreneurs who get together every single week over Skype And we have a mastermind where we mentor each other, we share wins, losses, successes, failures, and keep each other accountable in every part of our businesses. So one thing that you actually just mentioned was the first two masterminds, or sorry, the first two mentors, you actually paid money for, is that correct? Yes, I invested heavily in myself for both of those mentors. And do you think most of the people that you speak with, most of the entrepreneurs, they're actually paying their mentors I do. Any mentor that is really worth their weight, you know, will require an investment because the reality is their time is incredibly valuable and that exchange of value needs to be there. And so you will really be hard pressed to find a mentor that's worth their weight if you're not investing pretty decently in yourself. 
However, at this point, so it sounds like now that you've built your business to a substantial size and it's self-sustaining, you've now networked your way into a mastermind group, which I'm assuming you're not paying for that. Right. That is a mastermind of, again, it's myself and two what I consider friends, mastermind members who do, we do mentor each other. There's no fee that's being paid. It's just the three of us. We, t- we take quarterly trips to different places to kind of really get away and to clear our minds and to do some really intense mentorship. But I am absolutely in the future going to also be bringing on a mentor into my life when I find that right person for that next step where I will be happily investing in that. Got it. Okay. So, Now we learned that most successful entrepreneurs have mentors, uh, and we've learned who your mentors are. One other aspect of your business, so I know that Podcasters Paradise is your company's primary source of revenue. Is that, I believe that's accurate, right? Yeah, I'd say it accounts for about 70% of our revenue. And so initially, I'm assuming you launched that via the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast itself. Yep, that is true. And so at this point, though, it's been around for a while, I don't know, at least a year? Yeah, we just actually broke our 11th month anniversary. Got it. And so would you say that your podcast is still the, is it the exclusive distribution channel for acquiring new users? So I'd say it's one of our major organic drivers of traffic. Our website's a large one because we drive about 3,000 unique visits every day to our website where we have very prominently displayed signups for our podcast workshops, which we do every single week. I definitely do promote them heavily on Entrepreneur on Fire in our outro calls to action. And then we also use um, advertising very liberally. We our Facebook advertising, Twitter advertising, YouTube advertising, driving people to a webinar opt-in for our podcast workshop, which we hold live every single week. And Nick, during that workshop, we deliver an hour and 15 minutes of pure value. And then at the end of that webinar, we pull back the curtains and take people inside of paradise and show them what is available if they want to take that next step and take their podcast to that next level and join Paradise. And every single week on that live webinar, we're bringing in between 20 to 30 people into Podcasters Paradise at $1,000 per person. So we're generating between twenty dollars to $30,000 every single week on these live webinars that we've driven people from all those different sources that I've just shared to this live free webinar. So I took a look at the website, actually, and at one point, you could actually just go ahead and register for it. Is that still the case, or do you now 100% funnel all of the visitors directly into the webinar? We really focus on funneling people into the webinar. There is a place at the bottom where you can just join Podcasters Paradise if you're just ready to do so. But we just saw the reality that this day and age, a static sales page for something that's $1,000 in value just isn't effective. And you really need to go above and beyond and deliver incredible value to build that trust first. And that's exactly what these workshops do. And so is that a one-time fee, not a recurring subscription? It's currently a one-time lifetime access fee. We are transitioning into an annual subscription model, but right now it's just one time. Awesome. Okay, so I actually want to jump back once more. You know, you mentioned one of the trends that you actually end up seeing is the mentorship. Is there like one story? I know that maybe this is a hard question to ask simply because you don't don't want to call out individuals out of your podcast, but if there was one story that just really resonated with you and changed your perspective, is there one that like just stands out to you? And changed my perspective in what way? I mean, I'll leave it open for you, but I was thinking in terms of the entrepreneurial mindset, but 
it could also be something that actually just helped you take your business to the next level. Well, you know, it was pretty interesting, actually. I did get an email the other day, which seemed to me a very clever marketing tool that I had never considered. And this guy is a podcast paradiser. And he said, John, I'm emailing you today to see if you'd like to sponsor my podcast. And of course, I was immediately like, whoa, like this is kind of bold. Somebody asking, you know, me to sponsor his podcast that hasn't even launched yet. This will be pretty interesting. But he goes on to say, hey, the sponsorship is completely free. All you need to do in order to get this sponsorship, which is a 15-second pre-roll and then a 60-second mid-roll in the middle of the episode, is be willing to promote this episode via your social media. So he was going to somebody like me that has a large audience, and he was saying, hey, you know, John, if you want, I will promote Entrepreneur Fire on my episode, on my podcast. And guess what? I know I don't have a lot of listeners now, but maybe one day I will. And so a lot of people might in the future hear this, and you're going to get this sponsorship for free. All I'm asking you in return is to actually share via social media this episode when it goes live. And to be honest with you, I considered it. I ended up saying no in the end, but I thought it was a very interesting tactic that did kind of open my eyes up to some other opportunities that are out there. Free sponsorships are actually a brilliant strategy. I've, I've used that for conferences myself where you get partner sponsors where they're willing to give out discounts for their product, but now it becomes social proof for the additional sponsors that show up on the website. There you go. So I definitely know about the free sponsorship strategy. Uh, that one is a huge... In, your, in that case, they're going for a big ask. I was optimizing for selling a sponsorship, but in his case, he's optimizing for trying to build the audience. So I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously in order to get where you've been and have this just consistent churning out interviews, you've needed to have an immense amount of discipline. Were you in the military or something before this? I was. Eight years, four active duty, four in the reserves. Got it. I've met a lot of successful business people who were previously in the military. I know that you know discipline comes out of being in the military. Would that be, I was going to say, where does your inspiration come from? But I'm wondering, are you just a machine? <laughs> the answer to that question is no. No? So when you're in those moments, when you're looking for inspiration, where do you turn? I really turned to, to the person that was me when I got out of the military and spent the next six years of my life failing, having setbacks, going down career paths that just weren't me and saying, man, what is a source of inspiration? What's a source of passion that I can actually dive into and really be passionate about? And you know, that just didn't exist uh, for me to find like what this inspirational content could potentially be. And I look back and say, man, if I had only had an entrepreneur on fire, like free consistent, targeted content on a daily basis, like those six years could have been reduced to six months and I could have found my passion, my calling, my courage to take that leap. So that's really where I find my passion from was the six years that I struggled and then the inspiration that I look to give to my listeners to hopefully shorten their struggle period. So was the struggle up until Entrepreneur on Fire, were there, were there no successes during that period? Well, I would consider my military service a success for sure, but then I would consider all of my careers post-military from ages 26 to 32 utter failures. Okay. And so Entrepreneur on Fire, the, the spark of that idea, that's not to be punny, uh, <laughs> is, is, uh, was actually from uh, your challenge to find inspiration during that time. Yeah, totally. 
And so do you have a lot of stories now of people that call you up and say, John, I've now launched this business thanks to your podcast. I'm sure that's a pretty common thing. Oh, that's an email that comes in every single day of the week. And I will say that actually my favorite emails that come in is from people that say, John, your podcast inspired me to launch this. And I launched this. And then I just got this email today from this person who was inspired by what I created thanks to your podcast. So that ripple effect, Nick, that like third degree of separation is really what fires me up and inspires me. So I love those emails that show just this long reach that Entrepreneur Fire is having literally around the world. So you have, as I mentioned before, you've sort of set the bar at a ridiculous level for other entrepreneurs who are looking to build their own podcast. And you're very active you know, with your product, with Podcasters Paradise and your different speaking gigs. You talk a lot about you know, how to build a successful podcast. So I'm curious, if you were going to start an interview podcast today, do you think that's even a good idea, number one? And number two, if you were going to do that, Is it as simple as the strategy that you said at the beginning, which is get on people who can share with their audience? So yes, I do think it is a great idea this day and age to start an interview-based podcast. Absolutely. But one thing that I stress and I state over and over again is that 2014 and beyond are the years of the niche podcast. Back when I was, you know, starting in 2012, you could get away with a broad general podcast like mine, like Entrepreneur on Fire, get some traction, get some momentum and keep that momentum because it just was just just wasn't that much out there. It is a much more saturated market now. So you need to get niche. You really need to get specific. You need to be willing to dive into one topic, into one area, and to really dominate that market and area. And a lot of people are afraid to do that, Nick, because they feel like if they really niche down, they're going to be cutting out this huge potential of, of listeners that won't hear their podcast now because they're you know niching too narrow. But the reality is, If you try to resonate with everyone, you will resonate with no one. And it's those people that are just willing to go really one inch wide and one mile deep in a topic that are able to build that initial raving fan base. And then they have their foothold, they have their momentum, then they can expand out and broaden their horizons. But it has to start niche. It has to start one inch wide and one mile deep. So could you list it, well, list or at least name one example of someone who's been able to successfully do that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing about being the founder and host of Podcasters Paradise is we now have over 1,400 members and we have over a 1,000 podcasts that have been launched because and through Podcasters Paradise. And so, I mean, there's really countless examples, but I'll give one that's kind of near and dear to heart because being a veteran, There's a podcast out there that's called One Too Many. And that podcast is by a great podcast host called Tim Lawson. And it's about the struggles and issues with veterans with PTSD and specifically suicide. So it's a very niche podcast. It's very specific. And it really talks about a difficult subject that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But because Tim was willing to go there and was willing to be that niche, He's had a lot of success, been featured in magazines. He's been called up to be on news stations. I mean, he is really making a name for himself because he went niche. If he had really tried to just go very vague and very broad, he never would have caught the kind of traction that he did. Awesome. So I know you're short on time, and so I won't keep you, but if people want to get in touch or want to learn more about uh, how they can go about growing their businesses and be successful entrepreneurs, where should they check you out? 
So all the magic, Nick, happens at eofire.com. And if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about podcasting, I have a gift for your listeners. It's eofire.com slash gift. And we do that free live podcast workshop every single week at podcastersparadise.com. And hey, webinars are a great way for uh, anybody in the online world to make money as well and to grow businesses. So we do a webinar workshop twice a month at webinaronfire.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time today, John. It's been a blast, Nick. Thank you for your time. And I'll catch you and your listeners on the flip side. Awesome. Listeners, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. And I look forward to seeing you next week.